of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and with me as always is my fabulous co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Hello, Mark. Hello, and <clears throat> you just missed our brief off-mic conversation about the oeuvre of Thomas Dolby, but you know what? Let that go, because we've got something equally exciting to talk to you about today, and I'm going to let Sarah tell you which song is on the docket. Uh, today we have a listener request that comes from a friend of the podcast, Kevin Smokler. You can follow him on Twitter at Ouija, and I suggest that you do so because he has a book coming out real soon that I cannot wait to read called Brat Pack America, Visiting Cult Movies of the 80s. Yes. Uh, and let's spell that for them, I think, Ouija. Oh, yes. At W-E-E-G-E-E, like the photographer. Not uh, the devil board. Correct. <laughs> right. no, no, not the devil board. Although, maybe, now. Um, so, I forget why Kevin asked us to talk about this song. I feel like Kevin and I have these, like, um, coffee hangouts via Skype, because we do not live on the same end of the landmass. And I think that's where it came up. I hope he'll correct me on Twitter while he's doing that. Let's listen to a clip. sure where to begin, so I'm going to let Mark do so, if well, Mark is prepared. Well, here's where There was begin. a pretty intense um, chair dancing and choreography happening, at least for me. Oh, on both sides of the table, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm going to begin with my home, because I bought, when I was a little boy, the 45 single of this song. I saved up my allowance for weeks to buy this, and I loved it as a child. I can remember dancing around my my room as a little kid. I jumped off the bed a lot, dancing to it because I felt like I had to. I love that in the music video that for a couple of scenes, Patti Smythe, who is the singer, Scandal featuring Patti Smythe, that she shows up in this crazy kabuki makeup and her hair is all insane. With, yes, there is literally all the shaving cream in her hair. And you can tell at the beginning of the video that they shot that last after they had combed her hair back down yes, and had to reshoot yes. it because it's like this weird, not like in between shape. And you're like, why didn't you just, what? And now in hindsight, I assume that she probably pitched a fit and didn't want to be in the crazy 
Glamazon makeup and hair. She wanted her quote unquote natural look focused on more in the video. Maybe. Which, but at this time in, I don't know, video and being a famous lady history, like you were under a like turtle shell of makeup as it was. Yes. And what I can tell you is that the, the, the cover of the 45 single shows on one side her normal face, and then there's like this blurred image, and then on the other side, she's become the highly painted warrior. And the reason I know... I was just going to ask if you would share with us why. The reason I know for a fact what the cover of that looks like is because I had the cover of that 45 framed, and it is currently hanging in my apartment in New York City. Where in your... Is it in the bathroom? If you come... It's, it, it, if you come right out of our bedroom, my husband's in mine, and there's a little tiny hallway that you can take to get to the bathroom, and then this like tiny little wall... And I, that is hanging, uh, and also the 45 cover of Material Girl by Madonna. Okay. Another one I saved up for. I think the, I never go that way when I'm at y'all's house. I well, don't think I take that route. You would actually, and even if you turned into the bedroom, you'd have to look behind you almost. I'll show it to you. It's, it's, right. it's easy to miss, but not for me, because I know it's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Andrew, my husband, loves this song too, so that's why it made the wall. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> the wall. Were there other 45s he was like... No. Well, I mean, that that one was like our 45 in my mind, because he, he really liked that song, and then obviously Aww. Material Girl, because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, We Are the World, but I'm not framing that. Yeah. <laughs> we aren't. I also had a collection of 45s that you got at Hardee's, I think, which is a southern fast food chain known as Carl's Jr. up north. Mm-hmm. But every week you would get a new 45 that was... It used to be Hardee's up here. They just sort of went away. Oh, well, anyway. After a while. Be, yeah, yeah. You would get a new book and new record every week, and it would tell you the story of the Gremlins. And when it was time to turn the page in the book, the, rep- the record would go, beep on. Exactly. Yeah. So those are the only 45s that I still had when I went about this project. And I didn't feel like framing my Gremlins collectors, although I probably should have. Anyway, but even now, as a grown person, I love this song because the, the, the sheer joy of this song is is hard to overstate. I mean, it's really got a great hook. When you have any chorus that includes onomatopoetic sounds like bang, bang, mm-hmm. it's really fun to sing along because it really it, is. it's just very satisfying. But another thing I want to add here, it's also just so great to remember that in the 80s, there were a lot of women who just got to rock out. Yeah. Like Patti Smith, um, Patty Smythe, Patty Smith, Patty Smythe, Patty Smith. Ben, Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Are there any other Pats that we forgot? Um, <laughs> then you've got like Lita Ford, uh, Joan Jett, The Runaways, The Go Go's, uh, uh, The Bangles, really, like In Your Room, for instance, is like a legitimate straight up rock song. Mm-hmm. Casey Shade of Winter is a rock song. You've got Vixen, who was the hard rock female. Oh, yeah. Was that two X's? Yeah. Or B-Y-X. There was something about the spelling. Yeah, there was something. But, you know, I just, it's easy to take for granted. Oh, Tina Turner, obviously, like, Better Be Good to Me is a rock song. Mm -hmm. You know? Melissa Etheridge was emerging at the end of the decade. So the 80s had a lot of really great rock songs sung by women. I feel like this is a prime example of that. And I also, even though I chose the clip for this, um, sound clip I did not include at the very end just the way that Patty Smythe wails when she's yeah. ad-libbing but it sounds amazing to this day and so Sarah have, have you now found the emotional 
uh, stability that you need to give them your thoughts? Yes, I have. Um, first of all, I'm glad you brought up Patty Smith because I, here's where I admit, I think I've admitted this publicly before, it hasn't gotten any less embarrassing. I thought they were the same person. And I could not figure what, out what the hell her <laughs> and then once I figured out they were not the same person they were two separate people Patty Smith I am still kind of like her like, <laughs> I, like, I have never gotten into it so maybe someone should request a song to get me into it right now Paul Quinn has just um, bought a ticket to New York to come and stab me in the eye he's going to be so mad sorry Paul I, I love the non-Patty Smith Patty Smythe um, she's like, she's very pretty, but she looks like regular people, mm -hmm. like someone that you know, and not like someone who was grown in a lab. I also like about this song that like, she sings it well, but she doesn't hide how like challenging it is technically to do what she's doing. Like, right. especially in the video, she's making some like straining at stool faces that are not the cutest. It could be the makeup, but I think it's mostly like the song you know, has a couple of notes that are hard to sustain and like take a lot of breath control and go on for a while. And she's sort of not, she's sort of not cleaning that up. Um, and it's also just a fun, it's a fun song. Like it's a well-built song. The guitar is good. It doesn't sound, it sounds very much of its era. It sounds very eighties, but not in that way. That's like, you know, the whatever set the Casio to bell chimes kind of way. The video, I don't remember ever seeing this before. Oh, I was obsessed with it. Fucking but yes. slim, good body, rum-tum tugger all up <laughs> in the shit. Like, it's, I mean, it is also completely <laughs> 80s, and yet you can't stop looking. But it's like, does that guy have a fin, like, sideways in the back of his head? It's really weird. And you know for a fact that the undoubtedly British director of this music video had worked out what all of those weirdly costumed dancers represented in the metaphor yeah. of love. Like, the right. two women in the gauzy brown things. Oh, they're, they're your hopes. This is book seven of the Odyssey, like, <laughs> dear sir. This is where he sees yeah. the dog he loves. I don't. <laughs> yes, and then Telemachus denies his father, like, oh my god. <laughs> like, that is a grown-up person with a master's in dance who is dressed as a fish. <laughs> but you're the star you on doing? his ankle, Patty. Sing loudly. <laughs> Be known. Be recognized. Rosy-fingered Dawn. But literally. <laughs> her it. name is Dawn. Yeah, they call in. her Dawn. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone shirt this tapestry for the big finish. Oh we'll be here all night, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. It's a long, long haul. It's interesting, though. Like, they play this now on oldies radio. Sure. Which I still listen to in my car. I'm, like, the last car manufactured after 2010 that's like, oh, no, make sure there's, like, an actual radio <laughs> in here. I need to listen to baseball and... The Shirelles, because I'm my own grandfather, apparently. This is a perfect radio song. It's a perfect driving song. And what I like about it also is that, like, it is very, like, there is triumph. There is victory. There is, like, mid-80s lady sort of power feminism. Mm -hmm. Like, my leather miniskirt and I defy your wage gap happening. But I feel like a few years before or after this, like it doesn't try to be anything that it isn't. It stays like it stays within its own story. So like, even though she does wail at the end, it's not like this glory noting 
right. technical extravaganza that you can't relate to. And that sort of goes back to my comment earlier that she, you know, it's not that she's not hitting the notes. And in a recent episode, we spoke about this inexplicable Gloria Estefan choice to like use this take where she's clearly straining and it sounds bad. This like Patty Smythe is fine with the notes. It sounds great, but it is difficult. And, uh, I don't, but then she doesn't like, she stays within the song. She's still telling the story and it's not about her like being able to change up two keys. It's just the story and it's fine where it is. Um, I don't know if I'm really making any sense with that. No, I think you're right. And there is something. But I think if you had given this song to Mariah or Whitney, that it would have ended up like in this um, Dolphins winning a gold medal place that's like extremely admirable from a technical standpoint, but not as relatable. And I like this song made suburban girls and boys jump on their beds and feel like I could also be in a video and sing really right. loud and wear a leather miniskirt. And I have done two of those things. <laughs> Thank you, Patty Smythe. You are my spirit animal, apparently. I just realized. But I really like the thing that you're getting at, which is the appealing nature of vulnerability. And I don't mean vulnerability only in the sense that I am sad and crying and I feel like everything's going wrong, but vulnerable in the sense that... Songs that don't seem like they were created by bulletproof divas. Right, exactly. And I feel like that you're right, that this song feels like something that you could possibly hear in a garage. You know, like a talented but otherwise normal person is just rocking out and it's accessible in a way that's really delightful. Yeah, it's like the Jason Castro version of Over the Rainbow. Like there's a couple bum notes in there. And like ukulele and his voice, but it was completely felt right. the whole way through. It's a well-built song. And, and this is sort of that, that it's like, she's not trying to sell anything about herself or about her singing ability. It's like, this is the job. Is I, have a song, song? I have a story, a yeah. narrative to communicate, I have a story to tell, and I'm doing it. And that actually reminds me of her other big hit. Uh, well, there's two. Goodbye to You is the other scandal song. Oh, is that her? Yeah. Goodbye to You. Who did I think that was? Goodbye to You. So I think that was Kim. Wilde, previous participant in Mastas? No. Sorry. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I think I did think that was Kim Wilde. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, but so that was the other scandal hit. And then in the early 90s, Patti Smythe and Don Henley sang, sang a song, a ballad called Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough. Do you remember that song? I sure don't. There's a danger in loving somebody too much. Maybe sometimes okay. love just ain't enough. And that song also I used to really like because it was fun. Is this to from the to. ponytail last worthless evening era? It's like ninety two Don, so basically yes. It's yeah. before the Eagles got back together. It's wearing a string tie. Yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And in that video, Patty's hair is also telling a story, but that's not the story. But there is something about both. I'm thinking now about all of her hits. There's just something appealingly approachable about the way that her songs are performed and sung. And interestingly enough, in real life, she is or was married to John McEnroe, which seems like, I don't know that that is the most... Was she? Yeah. But she's not... Was that before or after Tatum? Unclear. But they were definitely together. I didn't really do... I just know that that's a fact. Okay. I no, I believe you. I just completely forgot about that. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so thumbs up to to rock that feels 
uh, emotionally and musically direct and accessible, that's fun, and I should also say on this song, makes great use of backing vocals, like the men in the band, like mm-hmm. they, they holler at just the right moments. Thumbs up to all of that, thumbs up to the women who were rocking out in the 80s, thumbs up to hair, thumbs up to makeup, thumbs up to the framed art on my apartment walls. Yes, and thumbs up to Kevin Smokler and his upcoming book. Ouija! I did a good lay, I got in a fight, uh-huh, it ain't no big thing, late for my job and the traffic was bad. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is created by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. To request a song or sound off about a tune we've already discussed, you can tweet us at TalkSongs, email us at TalkAboutSongs at gmail.com, or find and like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mastas.podcast. And if you'd like to buy an ad or special message for a listening loved one, we welcome you. Just email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail for all the details. Also, subscribing or leaving a glowing review on iTunes or the podcast service of your choosing helps us grow and it makes us feel great. Until next week, I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is, is Mark, Mark and Sarah, Sarah Talk, talk About, about Sauce. Good enough, sister. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.